Okay, welcome back to another episode of the I Am Liberty podcast. Today I am joined by a colleague slash alumni of the University of Utah where we first met, James Morell. James, how are you? Doing great, man. How are you? Doing really well. So you're all the way up in Idaho, so we're doing this remotely. Um, yep. Would be cool to do it in person, maybe when the audience is a little bit bigger, we, we can arrange that. I'll fly yeah, into Park to. City and ski or something. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I'm holding you to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. We'll grow the audience. So this might be the episode that helps the audience grow. So, um, so James, uh, you appreciate you coming on the podcast. You agreed to be on it and there were some scheduling conflicts, but now we're here. And dude, one of the, one of the cool things I liked about you when I first met you is you were super personable. We met in class for the first time, the master's of real estate development there at the U what I didn't realize at the time is you were ultra marathoner, triathlete, power lifter, bodybuilder, all that stuff. And, uh, and yeah, so you just kind of crush it in the fitness realm. But tell us a little bit about first uh, Idaho, why you love it and, and you know, kind of how you ended up there and, and what you're doing these days. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. First of all, I just want to say I've seen a few snippets of the podcast since you started it and it's, I really admire what you're doing. It's really cool. So very humbled to be a guest here. But um, yeah, my story, I mean, I'm from Boise, Idaho, uh, native, you know, born and raised, and I love it here. It's a great place, great community. Um, you know, part of the reason I actually chose Salt Lake City for school is not so much the people are the same, but the general outlay of the city, like smaller city vibe, the topography is the same, very outdoor focused, skiing and hiking and, and, and lots of green, stuff like that. So um, I'm very attracted to that kind of thing in Boise you know, has always offered those kind of things to me. So I love it here. My family's here. You know, we were just joking before the show, the Boise State Broncos are here. So my favorite team. And, uh, you know, I, I always knew I would come back here. I went to school at the University of Utah where we met. And I said, after undergrad, I will for sure go back to Boise. And then all of a sudden there's, oh, there's a good master's program. I guess I'll stay and I'll go back to Boise after that. And I got a job offer and just kept going and eventually the pandemic was kind of timely and it actually drove me back here to Boise. So I'm happy to be here. Great place, great community. I, I love it. And it would take a lot. And I mean, a lot to take me away from Boise at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's how I feel about uh, Utah in general, just because just similar, right? I think Boise though, is maybe not as crowded as we are here. Is that, is that right? Or Yeah, definitely not. I mean, but I will say it's growing so much. I mean, we're having the same kind of massive in migration from, you know, California, Oregon, Washington, Texas. I mean, people are moving here like crazy. So um, it is growing a ton, but it's still, you know, it still feels like Boise to me and, and kind of similar to how it was when I grew up here. Yeah. But yeah. Just for now, maybe. <laughs> for now. Yeah. yeah. Until, until uh, um, people from other states, we won't mention which states, people from other states take over, right? Yes. <laughs> I may have mentioned a few there on accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, we're having the same problem here. I mean, population is going crazy. Uh, but so, so you, you talk about, I think Idaho is up there with the like economic recovery since COVID. Uh, but you were working here in Salt Lake before you moved back up there. So what are you doing for work these days, James? Yeah. So I'm working for a commercial real estate uh, lending firm called A10 Capital. And, um, it's interesting, I actually interned for them twice when I was in my undergrad, um, several internships, and then 
a few other places, but you know, it was very timely because I was with a company called CBRE, which I know you're familiar with in yeah. Salt Lake, um, before I, I moved back here. And once I kind of got pushed back from COVID, there was an opportunity here and it was something I couldn't really say no to. And, you know, I was very familiar with the people here and the company. And, um, so the jump, you know, made sense for me. And I've been with A10 for gosh, about a year and a half now. So really enjoying it. It's going well, you know, it's a, it's a, learning more every day kind of job, but it's going very well for me and, you know, keeping me very busy and preoccupied. <laughs> so, so you're on the lending side of commercial real estate then? Correct. Yep. And so does that mean people, if they need commercial loans can, can reach out to you or is that, yep. is that what you're doing? That's right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And I've kind of been in that industry as a whole for most of my career. And I've been in real estate for now, gosh, I mean, seven or eight years, it seems like. And most of those years were in lending, you know, before CBRE in Salt Lake, which I was more of an analyst there. I worked at Marcus and Millichap Capital in um, financing brokerage, kind of similar to what I'm doing now, but now I'm working for a direct lender. So, so yeah, in short, if someone needed financing for, you know, an acquisition or a refinance, that'd be their guy to go to, hopefully. Cool. Yeah. Hey, no, that's, that's great. I did not know that you were on that side of things. So I might hit you up for, for some stuff, uh, maybe post podcast recording. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so you just do, um, existing buildings or do you do ground up as well? Uh, lending on that existing buildings, existing yeah. buildings. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh, well, we have, I mean, that's kind of, we have a perm loan product and also kind of a, a bridge loan product for distressed properties, but ground up is not really our thing. Okay. Yeah. So if, if maybe there's something that makes sense, bridge loan type stuff to carry it through to the end of the project that uh, we're having difficulty yep. with. Cool. And is that through all 50 states then? Uh, yep. In fact, it's funny. I mean, we've been, um, A10 was established in 2008. Um, and that's a good year. Only done a couple. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, in, in trying times, there's actually lots of opportunity, obviously. Mm. And so yeah. um, our bridge platform had launched in that time frame. But we actually have only done a handful of deals in Idaho. I think, gosh, maybe like four or five, six um, were mostly you know, California, New York, I mean, all 50 states, we've, we've financed um, projects in I think 41 states so far. Okay, cool. Cool. So you're, so, you're maybe missing like some of the flyover country and maybe parts of the South. We are, there's, there's <laughs> the Midwestern states we're missing, the Dakotas. It's funny, my girlfriend is from South Dakota. Oh. And uh, I told her I'll have to get something originated over there just to like put it in our books of the company. But for now, it's just tough. You know, it's, smaller demographics and a little bit less demand, but I yeah. think there's opportunity there at some point. Cool. Cool. Well, that was a little, that was a little, uh, indulgence on my part. Cause you know, that's real estate is my realm when I do uh, full time. So, uh, so that's awesome. Now a key thing that you said in that, which I feel like can, can maybe transition us into one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast, which, uh, you know, the, the name of the podcast is I am Liberty. And I think everybody has their idea of what liberty is and, and kind of how you pursue it and how you achieve it and all of that. But one thing that I feel like I, I know about you, and there's a lot, a lot of other uh, things to it as well, but uh, you said through trying times is opportunity, right? So now okay. you, uh, just on your Instagram and, and, and just through some of your other projects and stuff, uh, you... you host a podcast called The Grit Project. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. So so you have The Grit Project. Uh, it's a YouTube channel as well. Is that is that right? Um, or so is... um, 
it's similar. The Grit Project is his own podcast. Okay. The YouTube channel is actually a little bit separate, but the concepts discussed are the same. Okay. Okay. So you're exploring these focused and success and leadership and just kind of appropriate mindset for life kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so tell us a little bit more about, about that specifically. So, um, cause I know just with your fitness journey and all that, you kind of voluntarily take on voluntarily take on challenges that aren't, aren't easy and, and no sane person would maybe take on. So, so what, what first got you into that? Like, where did you start your fitness journey and, and taking on those challenges to, to maybe, um, voluntarily take on trying times? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to pinpoint it. It was at an early age. I mean, I, I started swim team when I was six and I swam for like, I don't know, 15 years, maybe something like that. And, um, I did karate for a couple of years, just got immersed in sports at a younger age. But what I will say is that as I grew up, you know, I got into the, the typical kind of school sports, football, basketball, wrestling, the big transition for me, I think was when I got involved in cycling. Uh, my dad's a big cyclist. It's kind of one of his favorite sports and, and exercise activities. And so when I was about in seventh grade, we would go out for little rides here and there and do some events. And I'd already been a swimmer for a while and I was cycling with my dad all of a sudden and it kind of just made sense to start running and kind of lifting and just exploring the world of fitness. And um, I did my first triathlon with my sister and our friend as a team. And I just loved the experience of like being in a race, not so much like, I mean, competing is fun, but just kind of being in this scenario where you're challenging yourself and you know, you're, you're, you're forging kind of through adversity. And so I did a team triathlon, then I got into a sprint distance Olympic kind of in high school, I did the, the half Ironman. And then as you know, at this point, um, in the last two, three years, I've gotten much, you know, very much immersed into the ultra marathon running and the full distance Ironman. Um, triathlons. And so it's just been the lessons I've learned through fitness and athletics and kind of the suffering are actually the most impactful and important lessons I've ever learned in my life, which is why I keep going back to them. Cause I'm certainly not doing it for the awards or the money. Cause I don't, I'm never even close to getting first, second, third place. I mean, I'm kind of a upper middle of the pack kind of guy across the finish line, but that's what I kind of love about it is like, I'm in a scenario where I'm really being challenged. I'm not going to win this race. I'm not going to win the money. So why am I here? And it's really about personal betterment and growth and putting myself in a scenario where, you know, I want to quit and I don't want to be there. And it's, you know, I can just hang up my hat here and go home, but you don't do it. And the lessons you learn through those kind of things are really just, they translate to many different areas of life. So that's kind of, the story of the, uh, the fitness and athletics. And I guess it started, yeah, probably around seventh, eighth grade or so for me. Dude, that's, that's incredible. And I, I feel like that uh, in and of itself is probably something that a lot of us could benefit from because you're clearly, uh, in, just in my interactions with you, 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 you're very well put together. You, you're a published author, which we'll get to your books, <laughs> and what, what, what motivated you to, to, to write the book, which it's, it's got some gold in there as well. Uh, so, but you kind of started at a young age where you were into fitness, you were in, into athletics. Did you ever go through a period in your life where it was a little bit more difficult and trying to get up out of bed and, and, or, or you know just be motivated to train for whatever it is the next thing was, or has it kind of just been... 
uh, a progressive thing where you've just been able to be motivated and, and keep 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 up the addiction. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been ups and downs. Um, it's it's mostly been consistent. But what I'll say is like I was super into these races in middle school and high school and early college, and all of a sudden, I don't know, maybe I was too busy drinking beer with my friends or something at Utah, but I, I wasn't quite as disciplined. I kind of stopped doing races here and there. And um, there was a time where I, and I wouldn't say I lost my discipline because I was still, you know, working out consistently and you know, doing well in school, those kind of things, the basics, but I wasn't quite as um, committed to those goals the way I was before. And all of a sudden, you know, like where we met in grad school, I was back into it, um, doing lots of races, ultras, and um, was even trying to pursue a job in the military and the Navy. So I was really committed to um, fitness in that regard. And then as of more recently, it's like, I've been doing a lot of these races, but it's more challenging right now. You know, I'm just very busy with life, with work, relationships, just all the, the natural things that come um, in the course of life. And it does make it more challenging. Like it's definitely was easier for me to get up at 5 a.m. four years ago than it is now. It's much harder. And so um, it's all about kind of just being consistent and reminding yourself why you're doing it. And one of the big things I preach is like, it doesn't matter how you feel, you should just do it anyway. So um, easier said than done, of course, you know, I, I definitely give in to that weakness sometimes. But um, as a whole, it's I've been lucky maybe to have good habits or some mentality that's driven me to be consistent. But I definitely have had down times. And um, it's all about just getting back up and recovering and kind of establishing a new plan to, uh, to execute moving forward. Yeah, the the execution, the just getting up and doing it. There's there's so much I think we could learn from all of that. But you talked about like in the middle of a race, maybe something comes up in your mind where you're thinking about quitting, or mm-hmm. or because uh, there's no real need to complete it, right? Other than what, like, what is the motivation? Why? What is it that gets you through those those trying times? Whether it's during a race, during training. Or you can easily just be like, yeah, whatever, you know, there are no consequences, right? So, so what is it, would you say, goes through your mind in those moments when you want to quit or maybe you want to just not wake up at five and, and execute on the plan? Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's almost a fear of becoming a quitter because, like, it's kind of, I don't know who, who said it, it maybe Michael Jordan or somebody. is like, it's once you quit once, it becomes easier to keep quitting. So I'm the kind of person, like, I won't say that I – think of quitting in a race I usually don't I never really crosses my mind actually I know that I'll finish it but I guess like I still hate being in the race sometimes I'm like gosh this sucks so but I think of okay well if I quit though like I'm gonna feel so bad like it's just that bothers me a whole lot and if I quit this the question that comes to my mind is like what else am I gonna quit in the future if you quit once it's like okay well I quit that it's fine if you only ever quit just that one thing then that probably is fine. But a lot of people, it's like any cycle, you start to quit more things and you kind of narrow your boundaries and you don't quite finish things the way you should. So in my mind, it's almost a habit. Like I'm not gonna quit, I won't quit. I'll get disqualified, I'll get pushed off the course, but I won't say, hey, I'm done. Um, Cause I don't want it to impact me in a different way. You know, I don't wanna quit at work. I don't wanna quit wherever else. It's just kind of one of those things, like it becomes a habit and uh, you definitely don't want quitting to become a habit in your own life. Yeah, that's definitely probably one of the worst habits somebody can have, right? Yeah. You can you can adjust your strategy maybe if, if something's not working out, but but when you when you have something that, that you wanna 
accomplish. I, I think it's better to to finish it, even though it's going to be trying, or maybe how you finish it isn't exactly how you uh, pictured it going at first, but still it's important to not quit. Um, it reminds me, and, and the reason why I asked it in that way, so I did, I was in, I was doing an Iron Man with the, uh, Iron Cowboy, um, and I was, I was at mile 40 with, with, um, you know, the first day that I was, that I set out to do it, I was trying to do multiple days in a row, you know, these full, full, uh, triathlons and we're at mile 40 on the bike and I had just gotten my bike tuned. It was my first time riding it that year. And, um, <laughs> and so just two really bad combinations, uh, because I you know, it was like my first time riding on this bike, I'd just gotten it tuned. So the brakes were really sensitive. So I was at the back of the pack and, I, uh, I just braked a little bit too hard. Um, and, and when I braked, uh, like my front tire just kind of, kind of turned and, uh, and then like I crashed. Right. And because of that crash, um, my, uh, one of my spokes broke. And so my, my, uh, my front tire was just wonky and it kept hitting the brakes so I actually had to ride for 10 or 12 miles on that wonky tire um, to get to a bike shop to fix it. But I remember just like sitting there when my when I had crashed and, and everything was everything was just like broken and I had like, you know, scratches all over. Uh, my helmet was broken. And I was just like, it's my first day of doing this. I want to do multiple days and I wanted to just quit. But then I I just I just thought of like kind of like you were saying is just like all the things that um that maybe would spiral out of control if I quit in that moment and so I just I sucked it up I went through you know finished the Ironman that day and and I was I was really happy I mean it took me forever I was like you know I was by myself when I finished it but it was fine like it was you know it uh so I guess have you ever had moments like that though where things are super trying where you where you want to quit and and you you just you kind of suck it up and and get over it um and and what would you say are some of the more rewarding things that you've done uh in this like journey that you that you've taken on yeah so i can name a few examples one thing that i definitely resonated with that you just said was so um i had signed up for a couple of races at like the height of the pandemic, like I, it was before that, but the races were in the pandemic. So they were canceled. One of them being the Salt Lake Marathon, one of them being what's called the um, Arches Ultra, Mar Ultra Marathon. And they gave you the option to do these virtually and, or, or wait till the next year. And I wasn't gonna wait a whole nother year. So here I am in Boise, Idaho, on my own with my Strava app open, running the Salt Lake Marathon one month and the next month I'm doing the Arches Ultra it was a 30 something mile run and it sucked. Cause like, I mean, you don't, you're not the race. You're not, there's no people. There's none of the race day vibes. There's no excitement. It's really just like, I'm doing this because I guess my only incentive is they're going to send me a t-shirt and a medal if I do it. <laughs> and it's like, that's not enough probably. So it sucked. It wasn't fun. It took me way longer, like than my usual marathon time. Um, but it was like, you know, I signed up for this. It's, it has something to do with kind of that, like just finisher mentality. The more you do these races and these events and develop this kind of mental toughness, it 
drives you to finish in everything you do in a certain way. So that's a great example. Like I had no finish line to cross. I had no pictures to post. I had nothing other than they're going to send me a medal that sits behind me right now that no one's ever going to see and I never wear, you know? So it's those small things. But what I will say is um, one particular event, another ultra marathon down in Moab, Utah, um, from a couple of years ago, you know, it was a 50 mile run and it was supposed to be this nice kind of desert trail, but it snowed a ton before this race. So it was a miserable, miserable, you know, either you're on fro deep, deep snow or like muddy, this is filthy, muddy water freezing. And it was a terrible race. Like by mile 38, I was like just swearing at me. I was angry. You know, the things I say in my mind to push through are not definitely not PG rated, but, um, you kind of just do what you have to do to get through it. And when you cross that finish line, it's, you know, an exhilarating feeling. And obviously it goes to show that you can do a lot more than you think you can. Cause for me at mile 25, I was feeling good. At mile 40, I was feeling terrible. And all of a sudden at mile 50, when I cross the finish line or 51, I'm feeling way better than I have all day. So it just goes to show like your mind will try and trick you. Um, the last example I'll give is this, Ironman up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, I did last June. Um, it's supposed to be 75 degrees there at that time of year. And this massive heat wave came through. It was 101 all day long. It's one of the tougher Ironman courses in the U.S. And I'm sitting there like, I, I was definitely nervous. Like I getting ready to swim. I had my wetsuit on. My girlfriend was there. And I was like, man, like, I don't know. I'm going to have to get to the swim quickly and just really go as hard as I can on this bike to try and buy myself some time. And it was tough. People quit and there were people, I, I got had a seizure in front of me on this course. And so it was a very tough race day, but you just kind of keep pushing. Like it's just, it's not easy, right? But it's simple. Just keep going, keep pushing. And you can always slow down and stop and give yourself a break. And, you know, I am an advocate of not pushing yourself too far if it's going to threaten your life, but you know, you can always push yourself a lot further than you think. And um, I think that Iron Man up in Coeur d'Alene was a great example of that. It was a terrible, tough day, but I got through it well. And one of my more, you know, prouder athletic accomplishments to date. No, that's, that's pretty incredible that you did all of that. I did the virtual races alone, uh, you know, solo, just <laughs> no real reason to do it because you could have deferred to the next year, uh, but you, but you still did it. Yeah. Um, so... So mad props for that. And I, I think for me personally, that feeling that you're chasing that, that feeling at the finish line, right? That's, that's the reward because it's not just that the race is over. It's, it's that all the time, the effort, the pain that you've gone through, the recovery, just the, you know, you executed, all that has paid off. Like you, you set out to do what you, or you finished what you set out to do. And so what's, what's I think difficult for some people and, and maybe you can have some insight on it is, is even making it to that finish line, right? It is just to, to have the, the daily discipline to, to maybe even, uh, make it to that finish line or, or even start to try and make it to the finish line, whether it's a 5k, a 10k marathon, half marathon, whatever it ends up being, uh, do you have like, because uh, I know you've been at it for a while. Like, do you, what what advice would you give for someone who maybe is struggling to take that first, uh, take on that first challenge or, or 
you know, maybe has a, something that they, they want to try and do, uh, but are struggling to do it. Like, do you, do you have advice for someone who's maybe in that situation, who's trying to take that first step? Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to always like, you know, everyone has to start somewhere. So a lot of people get intimidated by these events. Cause like they'll go out and they'll sign up for it. And like some guys talking about an Ironman or something, it's a very daunting event for anybody. Um, let alone someone who's just getting started. And so I think it, you know, as cliche as it might sound, it's like take count of those small wins, do the, the 5k and it, Hey, if you have to walk, I mean, think about it. If you, if you, um, just keep tabs on somebody, the average person each day, most people walk, you know, at least a couple miles a day. So it, people get scared of the event and the longevity of it. And just, it's all about keeping like a very calm mind and thinking, okay, you know what, I'm going to run as hard as I can. If I have to, you know, you can walk, you can, they say in that the rule is you can walk, you can crawl across the finish line and it's kind of whatever it takes. And pe some people will disagree with that. Some people think it's like, you know, you sign up for a marathon, you should run the whole way. And I get that. And it's, it's right to an extent, but most, let's be honest, most of the world are not super athletes. And so I really admire people who just say, you know, what, I'm not going to get first place. I might get last place. I'm just going to do it for the sake of the challenge and getting through it, whether it's running or walking or crawling through it. And that takes a certain kind of person. So if you're just starting out, I would say, you know, take count of the small wins, don't put too much pressure on yourself. But what I will say is stay consistent. The, the biggest challenge I've run into in my life, and I think most of us, you know, when we fail at things, one of the main causes is a lack of consistency in our routines and our discipline and the things that we do every day. Um, if you can stay consistent, you know, you'll finish. And this, this is kind of a segue into a later discussion, which we'll have, you know, I talk about taking ownership of, of your life. You know, if you read the book, um, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink, he's a guy I mention all the time in my podcast and I really follow him. I like him a lot. Um, you know, we live in a world where there's always, it seems like people are always trying to give you an excuse for, you know, why you can't be where you want to be, or you can't finish this or do that. And the second you take ownership over whatever you want to do in life, your career, the race, your degree, any of these things, you're going to get there when you decide it's on you. But a lot of people, you know, they get scared and they might blame other people for why they're not where they want to be. And just small things like that, it kind of creates a victim mentality and people that eats away at people's success and their ability to do things. So I guess one, I'd say take kind of those small wins and then two, just take ownership of your, over your life and where you're going and decide, you know, I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to do it. And it might not be pretty, but I'm going to make it happen. And if I don't do it, it's my fault. And that's, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to blame anybody for that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's, it's one thing when, when, uh, you've, you've done it, right. You've, you've proved that to yourself that, that you can do it. Uh, and it's another thing if, if you're just trying to take that first step and, and I, I, I believe in that too, like that consistency, right. Uh, just, just small, small, small wins every day, uh, keeping that promise to yourself, like, Hey, I set out to do this and I'm going to do this. Like, it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be incredible. And really it's, uh, one of the things, one of the insights that I had, actually my first Ironman that I did, was it's it's running your own race, right? Um, it's 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 you against you, taking ownership, sure. 
it's it's not comparison it's 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 that it's that ownership that self self competitiveness and and that in and of itself becomes rewarding so um now uh you so I, I think there's a lot to uh how you've been able to develop that mental toughness to push yourself through that stuff that you have no reason to do but for some reason you still do it it could be psychotic, whatever it is. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's like an addiction or a drug in some ways, right? Um, but, uh, but one of the things that, that I think helps you, that my understanding of it anyways, is, is your, your passion for reading and books. Um, so um, now, at what point did you, because we'll talk about maybe some of the books that have been most impactful for you, but you took it on yourself. You took ownership to become an author. Like no, not not very many people just decide like, hey, I'm going to be an author. I'm I'm just going to write a book. Uh, maybe they don't think they have the credentials. Maybe there's just a lot of a lot of things that prevent them. Okay, what if nobody reads my book? What if nobody buys it? Whatever it is. Uh, but but you decided, hey, I'm going to write a book. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that, because because I'm really curious, because it kind of ties into this fitness journey, but it's its own thing too. Like it's it's really it's really pretty unique uh, what you what you wrote. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, it's an interesting story. It's one of my, I guess, prouder accomplishments in a way. Although I don't reference it a ton actually, but I guess what happened is, as we've discussed at an early age, I got really into fitness and the lessons I've learned through that. I also really took. Um, kind of a keen interest into like the leadership books and how to be a good leader and like this kind of positive attitudes and how to hold yourself as a person and I decided like it'd be cool to just I remember it's very simple my dad was in the living room upstairs and he's like um do you want to put a book together you should just do that and I was like that's kind of cool and I just sat down and started writing a book it wasn't anything super inspirational or like some key moment I just started writing it but I loved writing is one of my better skills and it just kind of came together. And all of a sudden we we're like, gosh, I had this whole separate book. Um, it wasn't my book now though. So it was a book about fitness and leadership, but it was actually kind of, um, it started through at the time I was doing bodybuilding shows. I did one bodybuilding show. I got second place out of two. <laughs> I usually leave that part out, but you know, I have to be honest. <laughs> Um, but it's, you know, they do the whole grease you up and the speedo and everything. Yeah. And I was trying to create a book about life and kind of, you know, achieving your goals through fitness. What it came down to is that I just didn't have the credentials. I was 17 at the time. There was too much stuff in there that wasn't really going to be appropriate for me to be speaking about. So what we did is we kind of redrafted an idea and came up with my book now called Epic Advice for Graduates, which is a compilation of um 10 step pieces of advice from about 34 different people including myself um on how to achieve success and just you know different ways to 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 see life and pursue life and um it was an amazing project you know i sure i get to say i'm an author and it's it's really cool but the the most transformative part was the people i met through it you know there's there's doctors there's lawyers there's you know priests there's all kinds of people in this book the former military with different perspectives in life and they've all done very well. So it makes for kind of a well-rounded book. And uh, I learned more through that. I mean, yeah, being an author is, is cool and everything, but it was just a great project. And for me, it was a test of, you know, pushing through adversity. When my first book was kind of shot down we were getting set to publish it kind of, or put it through editing and, and it was 
they were like, nah, we're not going to do this. And I could have walked away, I guess. And I decided like, I gotta make this work. And so we came up with this book and it worked out well and you know, it's published obviously. And it's been an awesome journey for me and, you know, just create a lot of great friendships and relationships through that process. That's awesome. Yeah. I was, I, I bought the book on Kindle. Um, and I was reading, I was reading through it and it's, you know, it's think about epic advice for graduates. So I think of like high school graduates, uh, you know, just young people. Right. But then just reading through the advice, it's like, no, this, this applies to everybody. It, it, you know, everybody's a graduate of some sorts even. Right. So, uh, so it is a really cool book. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's broken down into pretty easy life advice steps. I think one of the ones that, uh, that I read was the, you know, one of the, an admiral, I believe in the Navy, uh, he talked about like fostering relationships and, and making sure that you focus on, on your relationships and spending time, um, with those, uh, was something that, that you talked about where it's the overarching theme of the book and it, it ties into, le- uh, to ownership is like that, that leadership aspect. So if there's if there's one thing that I think if there's or I guess, you know, there's a lot of things that we could do to, to save our country or to preserve our culture or to preserve our liberty, it is in leadership. We need leaders of all sorts. We need we need powerful leaders. We need um, we need leaders who have integrity. We need leaders who have the right mindset, who can foster growth in others. Um, and so. So I, I think that's that's a key connection that that I wanted to make with with you and kind of your your fitness journey, but also your your book is is that that passion and that uh, that pursuit of of the leadership principles. So um, and you take you take a growth mindset approach to it seems like everything, right? There's there's always something to learn, always something to uh, to incorporate into your life. But what would you say are some of the more key lessons just through those, through writing that book or uh, through interviewing others, reading books on your, on, just on your spare time? What are some of the key lessons that you've learned in those in the leadership realm or, you know, just life in general realm that because uh, we talked about the fitness stuff. But, but are there other key lessons that, that you that you think are pretty good for for us in general as, as uh, United States citizens? Yeah, well, I just say through that process, you know, resilience in the face of adversity is important. Just one small example in that process. Like I said, I had that first book. I was really excited as like a 17 year old. I'm gonna have this book out and all of a sudden it's gone. And they're like, yep, we're not doing this and sorry. So it was kind of a disappointing moment. And I, I guess it's one of those scenarios where it's like a crossroad. You can kind of go back and say, well, I'm just not going to do this anymore. I'm going to quit or I'm going to think of a new way to do this and I'm going to make it work essentially somehow, right? Like all these successful leaders we talk about, it's like, I'm going to make it happen, whatever it takes. And so that's one example is just, you know, being resilient and the fact that this book was not going to work out, but you know, all it took was some tweaking and a new kind of a new angle and concept and we made it work. So that's one. And, And the second, I'd say is just really the importance of building relationships with people. I mean, I I met so many great people through this process. Some are people I knew that were, you know, close, successful family friends, but some, you know, many in this book are actually people that I was connected to um, through my publisher. And she's an amazing woman. She's actually on my podcast. Her name's Mariana Young. She's on episode three. Uh, You can listen into our episode, but 
you know, she connected me to a lot of great people and it just goes to show, you know, how unique other people are and how much you can learn from them and their experiences. Cause there's plenty of people in the book that are very, very different than I am and live a different lifestyle, but you can always learn something from people who are actually very different than you. And, and, um, I'd say those are the two big takeaways, just resilience, you know, getting through, deciding that you're gonna, you're going to do it, whatever it is you want to do, you're going to make it happen. And yeah, meeting, you know, people along the way, enjoying the ride, it sounds kind of cliche, right? But just enjoy the ride, enjoy the small wins and, and just kind of soak up as much as you can that process. And um, it was one of the cooler experiences in my life. I, part of me wishes I was older, like when it happened and I was in high school and you don't always appreciate things the way you should when you're younger, of course, but it, it still was a great, great for me. And at this point, you know, I, I don't have any books in process, but um, it definitely is a potential for the future. And the cool thing about this book, Epic Advice for Graduates, well, we've discussed potential epic advice for any potential topic and you can invite more people in and make them part of the project too so it's kind of a unique sort of community project as well that ties you to other people yeah that was that was really cool and i i googled james morrell um you know author and and you were there's one other author i think uh but but you were you were there on amazon uh and it kind of you know it took it took you directly to the to the bio and everything so uh well i don't want to take too much of your time but uh, I feel like we can we can start to wrap up the conversation here, uh, and and just talk about uh, your your podcast, your Instagram, and your your YouTube channel. Because because when I ask, well, what are some one of the, one or two of the things that you would that you would talk about leadership? There, it's really there's not one or two things. It's like it's a continual process to learning, to to try and incorporate what you learn, and then you know just just really on that pursuit of of growth um so so tell us a little bit about the podcast tell us a little bit about uh the youtube channel and and the instagram page and kind of i guess what what you're what you're doing with with those because that's where that's where i kind of know know you from and kind of watch to prepare for this yeah i mean so just like this book the whole purpose of the youtube channel and the podcast was to try and kind of get my message out in a different way and I always thought it'd be cool to have a podcast, those kind of things. And I, it's kind of weird to me that I took so long to do it. But, um, you know, for me, it was just kind of a way to, to one, have fun for myself. I just like doing that stuff anyway. Um, I've read, you know, tons of books over the course of my life. And I thought, why not use this material and, and kind of use it as a foundation for these these episodes or the, the Instagram videos, the YouTube channel, any of that stuff. Um, and also kind of a way to bring people in and, and learn about them and their lives and their success stories and you know what they you know the grit project right what they what experiences have they used grit in to kind of forge forward through adversity so all of those outlets are just ways for me to kind of give my message off and hopefully impact somebody in a positive way um as, as you know there, there are things that i don't do every single day we talk about consistency you know I think it's important to be consistent at things that you are really passionate about and, and really see a future in. And right now, those are things that I, I potentially do. I just, it's almost for fun still. And so um, I, I uh, will see where that takes me in the future. But for now, it's just, you know, I do it for fun. It's pure enjoyment. And um, I always say, gosh, I think this video people might scroll past it, but at least one person will probably benefit. And it's funny how it works because 
I remember I published an episode of my podcast and it was going well for a few episodes and there's one I didn't totally love myself, but I was like, well, you know, it's an episode and somebody came and took the time to do this. So I posted it and I had three people reach out to me within the next week and say, I love this episode. So it goes to show like unbeknownst to you, someone might actually love what you're producing. And it kind of almost makes me feel obligated to keep producing more content just because like it's fun for me and also really more importantly, like it's nice to see the impact it has on other people. Yeah. So um, that's kind of where how it started. And it, right now it's just something I do for fun, but who knows, it could take off and that could, it could be a new, a new thing for me. But yeah, well, you know, one of the things that I, that I really like about kind of the podcast as well as uh, you know, like, so for this, for instance, this podcast, it'll always be out there, right? Like somebody can stumble across it, uh, you know, two or three years down the road. And, and maybe listen to it and they'll they'll get a little nugget here and there. So I, you know, I, I listen to The Grit Show. I listen to your podcast and there's there's gems in there. I don't, you know, the last episode was, was a few months ago or I don't know how long ago it was, but there's still gems in there and it's 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 uh, timeless. So you can always go back and, and, and listen to it. So uh, so so it's, it's awesome, right, that, that you have that out there. So I'll, I'll put links to your podcast and the YouTube channel and uh, your Instagram page, James Morel Fitness, uh, so that people can can kind of follow you because because I, I enjoy following your journey. Uh, be honest, I don't watch everything. No nobody ever you know does right. Like your book reviews and all that, but but it's still. Um, but like you said, you just never know when when the message is gonna um, you know resonate with somebody, and 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 so uh, it's, it's pretty important to you know, do it when you feel like you have a reason for doing it. So, uh, so we kind of talked about what you've done, uh, and what you're doing. So I'm just curious if, uh, you've maybe, uh, put thought into like what's next as far as maybe what's, what's your next fitness goal? Uh, what's your next like uh, career move or, or next book idea, or just in general, what, what, what's next for, for you? I'm curious. Yeah, so um, I have a few things. It's funny kind of difference between short-term and long-term. Like you might think a person like me has a specific long-term goal and there are some things out there, but I really focus short-term and like for me, it's all about being well-rounded. I talk about that a lot in my podcast and just in life in general. Like it's about working hard at work and it's about keeping discipline in my diet and, you know, consistently working out and consistently like putting something in front of me and my small, like little things like playing guitar as much as I can, just the small things that make for a well-rounded and fulfilled life. Um, that's kind of what's next in a way. Now to be more specific, I mean, yeah, I, I um, I'm actually very honored to say that I will be racing this May in the Ironman world championship, um, St. George, in St. George, Utah. <laughs> Yes. So I'll be down there and I, it's just, it's super cool to be able to do that. I'm not sure if I'll ever qualify again, who knows, but it's um, going to be a really crazy ride. And so I'll be down there the following month. I have a half Ironman up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And then actually I'm switching it up. I will be doing a, the ultra Spartan race also in Utah in July. So just those are my fitness goals for now. I'm sure more will follow in the fall, but um, that's kind of just, you know, those things keep me going, keep me motivated and, and keep me excited about life. Um, you know, as far as the rest of it, just keep well-rounded, keep playing guitar, keep doing small things that make me better, keep 
showing up at work and, and, you know, forging through the adversity that I find and also keep learning, getting better, just those small things, um, they do compound over time and make a big difference. And, you know, one message I'd give to people is like, you, you obviously can get caught up in the stresses of life and you feel like you're not progressing sometimes, but if you keep that consistency up, even through the toughest days, you know, you look back a year ago and you're going to be a lot further ahead from where you were. So right now, that's just my goal is to keep staying well-rounded keep, you know, progressing, getting better, faster, stronger, smarter, all those things. And, um, I know that will lead me somewhere yeah, to a good place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome, dude. Well, um, that's really cool that you're going to be participating in the world championship there in St. George. I'm sure you probably would have rather done it in Hawaii, but <laughs> I would have, yes, but trying times, I guess right now, different time in life, but it'll yes. still be cool though. I mean, it's a world championship event, so I'm excited, a little nervous. I mean, there's going to be some amazing athletes there who are going to smoke me out of water. But again, like we've discussed, it's, you know, it's more just about getting down there, you versus you and accomplishing something and getting the job done. So, yeah. And the fact that you're going to be in the company of kind of all the other people who've, um, uh, have, have put in that time and effort to qualify for that. That's, that's no small thing. So that's exciting, dude. Um, so, and it's, it's not an easy course either. And I know I'm so, nervous. I'm thinking about it because they say that Coeur d'Alene, which I did last summer is one of the hardest in the country. And the other one is St. George. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to like balance out like how much more elevation is there, the temperature of this and that, but either way it's like, you know, it can be a flat course. It's an Ironman. So it's going to be tough and I'll have to be ready to go come race day, but I'm excited for it. Yes. Cool. Well, if you want to, if you want to take a training run down there, uh, at some point, just kind of explore the course. Let me know. I'll, I'll go with you. I'll, I'll do some training with you. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that'd be fun. That's, uh, when I did St. George, the half, half Ironman, uh, I went down there, uh, just kind of got familiar with some of the elevation and everything on the bike ride. So, uh, might, might be good. So let me know. Um, <laughs> uh, so to wrap it up, James, uh, I, I kind of like, uh, asking a, a final question about liberty because I feel like we're as as U.S. citizens, as people who have this incredible opportunity to take advantage of of just living in a peaceful country, living in a country that if somebody puts the effort in, they're they're able to accomplish pretty much anything that they want. Um, so from from your standpoint, from your experience, and just you know your your learning and 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 all of that, what would you say are some of the things that, that we can do? Or I guess first, how would you define liberty for yourself? Um, and, and second, uh, how do you think that we can each find uh, or preserve liberty um, in our lives? Yeah, liberty is interesting, I guess, in my own definition. I mean, it just it's kind of part of one big picture, which is freedom as we've discussed patriotism you know a certain honor and character and you know respect towards your country and towards you know where we've come from and what we have now and i guess what i want to get at with this i have there's two quotes i kind of want to reference the first one so this is a quote from my grandpa before he passed it's kind of his quote that lives on he always said be your own man and i'm going to tie this back into the the main theme in a second, but the purpose of that, and it goes for, for liberty discussions and freedom discussions and, or just life 
you know, we live in a world where there's so much negativity, there's so much criticism and just, you know, it's, it's hard to escape it sometimes. At least it is for me. I see it in people all the time. And the be your own man quote, or, you know, be your own woman, be your own person, um, really is important to take into consideration because, you know, it's like there's adversity out there. There's negativity, there's all these problems, but if you can, you know, at, at the uh, least stay true to your beliefs and your core form fundamentals as a person, you know, that's going to carry you through a lot and you shouldn't be too worried about what people are thinking about you, what they're saying about you. I mean, it's natural human nature to do that to an extent, but if you can be your own person, you're going to be unique. You're going to be special. You're going to go after what you want to in life. And that's ultimately going to lead into, in, um, kind of conclude into a happier life. Now I want to tie in one more quote to that and get back to your question. It all ties together. There's a quote from a British author that I came by a couple months ago. His name is Ian Watson, and it's very relevant to, I think, what we're going through in this country today. So he says, if you want, to, um, if you have to be persuaded, reminded, pressured, lied to, incentivized, coerced, bullied, socially shamed, guilt tripped, threatened, punished, and criminalized, if all of this is considered necessary to gain your compliance, you can be absolutely certain that what is being promoted is, is not in your best interest. And so this is one of the fundamental problems I think we have today and why it's important to stand up for what's right in your mind. We live in a society right now, I think, where like you look at woke culture and cancel culture, all these things, they're in my mind using a lot of fear-based strategies and tactics to make people feel bad about themselves to question themselves to question who they are and where they came from you know their morality and while it's important to always question those things and make sure you're on the right track and on the right page in life with guys like you and me and probably most of your audience they're people who do believe in freedom and liberty and our constitution and, and have a certain sense of patriotism and gratitude towards this country and you shouldn't let people you know, don't give into that fear. Don't let people use that strategy against you. It's it's challenging sometimes because you lose friends. You know, I say friends if you lose friends over this kind of stuff, but you have to stand up for what you believe is right. And that's being your own person. It's not giving into that fear-based tactic and strategy. And like he said in that quote, when they use these tactics against you to make you feel bad and coerce you and lie to you and, and just threaten you to the maximum, you can be pretty sure that whatever they're trying to promote should at least be questioned and you shouldn't feel so bad if people don't like you or they criticize you. Um, you know, stay true to who you are and your beliefs. And again, be your own man. That's kind of what I think is most important. Most people I see, I mean, not most people, but a lot of people, unfortunately, they give into these pressures, they give into that fear and to the shame. And, um, we need people to not do that. We need people to stand up and be willing to be criticized and be willing to just say, I, you don't like me? Okay, you know, it's as simple as that. So small things make a very big difference. But I noticed that a lot of people don't um, seem to have, you know, the ability to do that these days. But if you disagree, let me know. But I, I see it a lot, you know, it just happens to be the case that people, um, they give into this, this shame and pressure and it's just, it's, it's kind of sad, but we need more stronger people. Yeah, I think a lot of people and, and myself included, if, if you're not sure about yourself, if you're not sure, and, and I mean, just previously, just, you know, going going through college, maybe 
you know, just learning these these different things. If you're not sure about your stances, um, it's a lot harder to stand up and speak out because because you're like, well, I'm not sure what to believe. Um, but the more people that that stand up and take that step to have courage and be true to themselves, be your own man, be your own person, and and just voice dissent, then the then others will see that, and they'll maybe be able to have courage for themselves. Be like, oh, it is okay to have a differing opinion, and and it is okay to not necessarily um, obey everything that it is that. Um, that we're being told, and so it, it's it's okay. It really is. So uh, that's that's an awesome. I'm glad you shared that quote. I'm glad um, I'm glad you you kind of had had put some thought into it beforehand as well. So I uh, appreciate that, man. So any parting thoughts on liberty on our country and and just uh, you know what whatever else that we've talked about. Yeah, I mean, I just come back to that beer on man quote. I mean, it's relevant not just in our in this discussion of liberty and freedom in our country, just for life. I mean, whether it's, you know, you're at work and people don't like you or make fun of you or just anything at all, the gym, like, I mean, it's, you gotta be who you are. You gotta be confident in yourself. Of course, question yourself sometimes. You always be on the pursuit of getting better. I think people who who don't question themselves are, are the worst in the sense that they think they know it all. You should always question what you believe in, but at a certain point in life, you get to a point where you have a, a foundation of things that have worked for you that, you know, in your in your sincere heart are right to you. And whether it's politics or just whatever, anything, be your own man, be your own person, you know, stay true to yourself. It sounds kind of cheesy saying that, stay true to yourself, but it's true. Um, a lot of people don't have the backbone to do it anymore. And it people are kind of, the, it's the people pleaser mentality. and. Um, the the strong leaders in society that will rise will be people that can just really stay true to who they are and and be their own person and they'll be successful in whatever they pursue and that's the best advice i can give to anybody watching just be who you are and um remember like my my closing quote actually one of my favorite um quotes is a latin phrase from marcus aurelius and it says memento mori it means remember your death and it's not intended to be used in a grim way um it's just remember you're gonna die someday like all these opinions all this negativity things that bother you and also good things will dissipate with your death so don't spend time worrying about these these small petty things that we oftentimes do um do what you like to do in your with your life and your days have fun have your opinions whatever and when you find yourself worrying about oh, what, what are they thinking about me what i do what's wrong you know kindly remind yourself, well, it's going to be gone someday. So don't worry too much about it. Don't take things too seriously. A quote that I reference in my podcast from Lou Holtz is nothing is ever as good or bad as it seems. And it's true, you know, when things go really well in life, don't take too much, don't put too much value in that. And when things go terribly, don't put too much value in that either. Just be even keel, you know, keep your emotions in check and um, stay true to yourself and that's going to guide you to a better place in this world, I think. Awesome, brother. I like that. There's there's so much nuggets in that little wrap-up. Uh, Memento mori, though. I like that. 
I like that. Uh, one of the quotes that, that you said on your Instagram, which which I think you were, you were referencing, there's no such thing as good or bad, but thinking makes it so. And, and that's something that, that, I, that I learned from you uh, just, just in, in observing you. Um, so, so appreciate that and appreciate you coming on the podcast and, uh, and, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully you do well in, in your next endeavors. I'm looking forward to following your journey. Yeah. Well, thank you again for having me. It's been awesome. So hopefully, uh, episode two or maybe, Hey, maybe the grit project podcast at some point would be fun. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Definitely. Thanks. Yep. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so I hit, I hit stop. So I, I'm in the library. So somebody was,